As a business owner of an aquaculture company, how can you take the first step to be profitable and sustainable at the same time? That's what we're going to be talking about in this episode. Hello, and welcome to the Business of Aquaculture podcast. This is the podcast for the sustainable business movement in the aqua farming and ocean ranching industries. This podcast aims to amplify the voices of entrepreneurs addressing the United Nations Global Goals, aka Sustainable Development Goals Number 14, to conserve and sustainably use the oceans and the seas. Listen in to fellow business aquaculturists in their journey in this new model of food production of making their business sustainable and help the ocean's ecology while also making a profit all at the same time. Get inspired to learn how even small to medium businesses can make an impact to save the seas, leave a legacy, and have a better quality of life. One of our goals is you take away a nugget of wisdom that will help your business move from the industrial revolution to business 5.0. Our vision is that of collaboration in the aquaculture industry. I'm Lourdes Gant, your host. As a CEO of an aquaculture company, what is mariculture compared to fish farming? We're also going to be talking about finance and leadership development. Welcome to Episode 10, Season 7 of the Business of Aquaculture podcast. This episode, we are happy to have Mr. Dick Jones, who is the CEO of Blue Ocean Mariculture from Hawaii. Welcome to the show, Dick. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here. Dick has a demonstrated history of working in the seafood industry and in the nonprofit space. He is skilled in negotiation, strategy development, business planning, aquaculture, fisheries, fund management, traceability, and certification. He's also proficient in finance and leadership development. Their mission, Big Island Fish, Big Island Flavor. Their fish, Kanpachi, also known as Almaco Jack and previously known as Kona Kanpachi, are sustainably raised in submersible sea pens off Kialhole Point in Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii. Welcome again, Dick. Maybe you can tell me if I pronounced that fish name correctly. <laughs> Yes, you got the fish name correct. It's a Cereola revoliana. Uh, we call it a Hawaiian kanpachi, and we raise it here off of the coast of Kona, Hawaii. Amazing, amazing. So maybe um, with your role, you can tell our listeners, what do you believe mariculture can play in addressing global food security and promoting sustainable practices? Sure. So we have a significant amount of coastline within the United States and utilization of the uh, offshore elements is critical in order for us to be able to grow aquaculture and to increase the amount of seafood that we produce here in the United States. We rely so heavily on imports uh, and we want people to eat more seafood. So It only makes sense that we use the resources that we have available and grow fish in an offshore setting. So the difference between mariculture and general aquaculture is that our fish are grown in submersible net pens out in the open ocean environment. So it's also offshore aquaculture. Is that correct or is that any different? Nope, correct. Offshore aquaculture is the same thing. 
Perfect. So as a CEO of a leading mariculture company, how do you address concerns about the potential ecological impact of fish farming and its implication for marine ecosystems? The first thing that we did when applying for our permits is to do uh, a comprehensive environmental impact study. And uh, we're fortunate uh, here in Hawaii that we are uh, only four-tenths of a mile off of the shoreline, but we're in 200 feet of water. And so we are in uh, state waters rather than federal. So we worked closely with the state of Hawaii to ensure that we, uh, the, the footprint of our offshore farm uh, was in the right spot and that we weren't damaging any um, benthic uh, coral reefs or any kind of underwater uh, um, situation. And, and then from there, it's a lot of testing. We do water quality testing on a very consistent basis, and we make those uh, the results of those testing available to anyone on our website. I love that transparency. So you already mentioned about state versus federal. So maybe you can tell us in what ways your company collaborating with governments, conservation organizations, and local communities to foster responsible mariculture practices so that it can promote social and economic benefits in the regions where you operate. Yeah, I mean, it it's critical that we interact with starting with the local community and make sure that they understand what we're doing and that uh, all the stakeholders that are here in Hawaii or wherever you're planning an offshore aquaculture farm are uh, involved in the process. Uh, from there, we worked with uh, several uh, government organizations, including the uh, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, the Environmental Protection Agency, the Hawaii Clean Water Branch, um, the Department of Land and Natural Resources here in Hawaii. So all of them uh, are intimately involved in uh, how we do our reporting, uh, what happens out on the farm. Uh, and we also work with several non-governmental organizations helping to demonstrate that offshore aquaculture can be done in a way that is environmentally and socially responsible. And so we have lots of people that come out to our site and do tours. Uh, we're happy to show people what we do and how we do it and let them ask questions so they can be more informed and, and be able to make better decisions themselves. Oh, that's so good. Now I have an itinerary when I go to Big Island. It would be great to tour your facility. <laughs> come on over. I will. I definitely will. So maybe from the standpoint of, so you mentioned about sustainable practices, ecological impact, and obviously different stakeholders. So what is the role of the CEO in terms of having, I guess, to be in alignment with employees, your other suppliers? If we follow you for a day, what does that look like? I think the biggest part of my job is mentoring and coaching the people uh, on our team. We have 72 team members here at Blue Ocean Mariculture. And, you know, when people think about offshore aquaculture, you think that it's only cages offshore, but we've got an onshore hatchery, we've got processing, we've got sales and marketing, we've got finance and administrative, 
you know, the entire organization is needed in order to get our fish from the ocean to our customers. And so a lot of my day is spent mentoring, training, uh, ensuring that our company is uh, well positioned in the marketplace, that anyone that needs to understand what we do, how we do it, the impacts of what we do, uh, have someone that they can reach out to to be able to have those conversations. And, and I, that's the, the best part of my job. Great answer, really great answer, Dick. And so um, I love when you were talking about mentoring and coaching, because I think when people think about chief executive officer as a role, they basically may be traditionally thinking everything is coming from the top down versus what you mentioned about is more on a collaborative or partnership approach. So thank you for mentioning that. So on the point of getting to know the person behind the role, how did you get into this? I'm third generation in the seafood industry, so I grew up outside of Boston, Massachusetts, and learned the seafood industry from my grandfather and father. So I've been doing this for 37 years now, but I've been only doing aquaculture for the last three years here on the big island of Hawaii, and it's been amazing. Aquaculture is the future of feeding a growing population. We do import between 85 and 90% of all the seafood that we consume here in the United States. So having a product that is both raised and mostly consumed in the United States is really important to me. Uh, growing up in New England and seeing how much people relied on the uh, seafood industry and the consumption of seafood, it's amazing to be here in Hawaii, where the consumption is almost two times what it is on the mainland. And so being part of that food system and growing this fish here in Hawaii just has been a dream come true. Oh, it's so good when I hear people so passionate about what they do. You know, my biggest takeaway from our conversation today was when you were talking about mentoring and coaching. I think it's really very important for leaders in organization to be able to have that partnership with different stakeholders, including employees and what have you. How can our listeners get in touch with you, Dick? Sure. I'm always available. My email is dick.jones at bofish.com. BO standing for Blue Ocean. So dick.jones at bofish.com. Thank you again. And to our listeners, please remember to review the show and see you next week. Remember that you help build home in the Philippines when we launch an episode. Thank you again, Dick, and see you soon again. Thank you. Thank you for listening, and I hope you are inspired from this episode. Do take a moment and share this with your friends and colleagues and rate and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'd love to know what your biggest takeaway from this conversation has been. What are you going to do differently? Please share your thoughts across social media and tag us. For links and show notes for this episode, visit our website www.sustainableaquaculture.ca slash podcast. Thank you again. I hope you will join me on the next episode and together we can help create a better business in aquaculture.